Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. It's so good to see family. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. We're all in the family of God, right? And I just always am glad when I come into service and see all the happy faces that are part of my family. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Michelle, for having me today. Uh, You know, Sunday morning is usually the time for a pastor. And um, so I don't take that lightly. Uh, I think it's important that we speak forth that which the Father God desires for us to share at this time. And um, as I have been speaking this year, I've been busy, busy traveling all year. (laughs) And um, as I've been speaking, the two things that the Lord has really impressed upon my heart to share, and he always tells me the place I go, which one he wants me to share, but is the anointing and then peace. And so today I'm going to share with you today and tonight about peace. And, uh, you know, we're living in a day when we need to have peace. We need to understand peace and so that we walk in the fullness of it at all times. Amen. And uh, my scripture that I am using today is found in John 14, 27, and you're all familiar with this scripture. And it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we see here that Jesus says he gives us our peace. That's his part. But then we have a part. And he says, you let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we need to exercise that which God is saying to us through Jesus. That was Jesus speaking. And, you know, when I was a child, (laughs) which was many years ago now, (laughs) You know, uh, we we didn't think about anything about playing in the front yard, playing in the backyard, walking three mile, uh, three blocks by yourself to your girlfriend's house, or you and your girlfriend going down where we live. We had a little town square, and we'd go down there, you know, and we'd go in the drugstore and we'd get us Dr Pepper. Then we'd walk around and we would look in the five and dime store, and you know, just just casually walk along, you know. None of the stores, you know, we weren't afraid of anything. There wasn't anything to be afraid of. And there's really not anything to be afraid of in this day, but we have to recognize that. We have to recognize that. Because fear is of the enemy, not of God. Amen? So anyway, but this, in this day that we live in, in reality for children, 
uh, you know, you don't let your good children go anywhere by themselves. <laughs> you know, you have to make sure there's supervision with them at all times. Amen. Which is unfortunate, even in your, you know, a lot of times our backyards are fenced, but in your front yard, you know, you don't even let your children out without you're out there with supervision. Because of this day and the things that have happened that has created issues that really should not be, but because Satan is the god of this world, they are. That's just the way it is. <laughs> but um, so, you know, times are very, very different, and uh, very different. But you know, I want to say this to you: the truth is, <laughs> the world hasn't been a safe place since Adam and Eve sinned. You understand that? <laughs> Why? Because they brought sin into the Garden of Eden. You read about that in Genesis 3. And sin brings fear. So it brings about uh, destruction in a chaotic place. Because you can even read... Here, when Adam and Eve sinned, you know, they were suddenly aware they had done what they were not supposed to do. And what? They were afraid. Huh. Interesting, isn't it? Why? Because sin had come. Sin had been allowed. So, I just wanted to establish that with you so you had understanding of it. So you understand that it's because of sin in the world that there is no peace. In the world. <laughs> now, in, in, in the kingdom of God, there is peace. Yeah. Amen? And, and, you know, as I was studying this, you know, I just realized even to be in faith... You have to be at peace. Because if you're in faith and you're totally trusting in God and you rest in that. And what is rest? It is peace. I call it, you know, we say rest and unrest. I call it peace and unpeace. <laughs> so we're either at peace or we're in unpeace because um, frustrations and struggles you know, are a result of us trying to control things in the natural that really we can't do anything about in the natural. And we have to see that there is no room for strife and stress in the spirit realm, in the Holy Spirit realm. <laughs> and so as a result, we have to recognize that we have to stay in faith, but we keep our peace as we stay in faith. <laughs> I like to say it this way. The Lord said this to me, so I wrote it down. It says, faith is how we receive from God, and peace is the position we maintain while we wait the manifestation of our faith. That's good, right? I'll say that again. Faith is how we receive from God, 
and peace is the position we maintain while we await the manifestation of faith. Um, And I looked up the word maintain because I thought this was interesting because I'll mention maintain through the script, through the teaching several times. But maintain means to cause or enable to continue. Maintain means to keep steady, to keep going, to preserve from failure or decline. That's good, isn't it? So if we're going to maintain the position of peace, then we're going to cause ourselves to enable to continue in our faith. We are going to enable ourselves to keep steady, to keep going forward, (laughs) and keeping ourselves from failure and decline. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, again, faith is how we receive from God, and peace is the position we maintain while we wait uh, the manifestation, await the manifestation of our faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> Understand that the peace of God is not dependent on the absence of challenges in our life, but the peace of God is our anchor through the challenges that enables us to sail through that challenge to the other side. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's important. We recognize that. That the peace of God is not dependent on absence of challenges. I can say, dare say, no one in this room has lived without challenges. But peace is, the peace of God is our anchor in these situations. Because if we're in faith and we're speaking forth what we believe and what we receive from the word then we are at rest. In other words, we are at peace and we stay in that position. position. We maintain that position until the manifestation here in the natural. But what do we do? We get our eye on the manifestation. Talk a little more about that in a little bit. Let me say this to you. Peace is a shield around us in the midst of any challenge that the enemy tries to bring our way. Wow. (laughs) I like that, don't you? Peace is a shield around us in the midst of any challenge that the enemy tries to bring our way. Mama Masa (laughs) Barati. Hallelujah. The enemy always wants to steal your your peace because that's the only way he can get to you because if he can seal your peace, then he can begin to speak to your mind. And because you're in unpeace, you begin to listen to those thoughts. That brings more unpeace. (laughs) And it brings more um, stress and turmoil. (laughs) The Holy Spirit works in an atmosphere of peace. Why is that? Because he's always working, but if we're not in that atmosphere of peace, we don't hear him. And we continue on in that atmosphere of unpeace because we're not listening. 
we're not hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying because he operates in the spirit of peace. Or atmosphere of peace, I should say. And what does the devil do? The enemy works in an atmosphere of turmoil and chaos. So this is why Jesus offered his peace, hallelujah, to us. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. Oh, the presence of the Lord is just so heavy in this place. I'm just so grateful. Praise the Lord. Just have to say that. Just just encompassing me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Jesus offered our his peace to us. And in that way, we can have, excuse me, the operation of the Holy Spirit in our life at all times. Now understand, the Holy Spirit's always present. He lives on the inside of you, and he's always speaking. But because we are busy with the busyness of life, we don't listen. And because many times we allow ourselves to get in unpeace or unrest, we are not listening because we're listening to the unrest that we've allowed to come into our lives or the unpeace. So we don't hear the Holy Spirit. And many times if we do hear him, we don't hear him correctly because we're hearing it through the turmoil. The way you hear the Holy Spirit correctly is through peace. Hallelujah. That's why a lot of times when I'm struggling and I have to just stop. I have to stop and listen, calm myself. What is that? Maintaining my peace, allowing the peace to rule me. And then I listen, and I can hear clearly, and then I can move forward through the challenge. So these are just a few things that, that peace is here for us and will do in our life. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the peace of God always brings a strength in our life. Always brings a strength in our life. <laughs> always. When we choose peace, we are choosing to go ahead with our life knowing that God is working on our behalf. Isn't that simple? <laughs> when we, I'll say it again, when we choose peace, we are choosing to go ahead with life knowing that God is working on our behalf. You understand? God is always working behind the scenes. You may not see what he's doing, but you don't need to. He's the one that understands and knows what needs to be done in this challenge or this circumstance. So you stand in peace and knowing that he is working on your behalf because you have asked him according to the word and you have confidence in him. You trust him totally. So it's happening. It's that simple, folks. It's that simple. 
If I say, if I have an issue in my body and I say, because I have the revelation of Isaiah 53.5, by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. If I was, then I am, period. Period. I rest in you, Father God. I am. It is a finished work. I am healed. Doesn't matter circumstances, what I feel, what I see, it's done. Hallelujah. And we have to keep peace and stay in line with what we have spoken according to the word of God because that is truth and truth always prevails. Hallelujah. But it's our minds that gets us out of peace. And then what happens? It undoes what we have spoken that we believe because we start listening to all the doubt and unbelief. (laughs) And we start speaking that instead of standing strong in peace with what we have spoken and declared before. My, my. We need to see as... uh, Mature Christians, this is where we need to be. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) I said this a while ago, and I'll say it again. There is no stress or strain in faith. You're not trying to get something. You're not trying to do something. You are speaking forth the word that's truth in your life. You're keeping your peace. And that's it. God is working. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Peace is the rightful position of the believer. Peace is the rightful position of the believer because Jesus himself said his peace he left with us. Wow. And continually in this world that, you know, is looking for peace and seeking peace, God is continually offering peace, and it's a guard for our hearts and our minds. But we don't stay there. We don't keep our focus. We don't maintain the truth of the word and all that it's saying to us that we know and we have received at one time. But we don't maintain it. We don't maintain it in our lives. I, um, I look at maintaining as a consistency. You have to be constant and consistent in your walk with God in what you believe, what you have spoken, what you have declared. Stay in peace. And it is in your life. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, I mentioned this a while ago, but you know, I'll say it a little different way. God created the world and he gave Adam the authority and power to administrate it. You can see that in Genesis first chapter. And the Lord was present with him every day. And eventually, when he created Eve with Adam and Eve, and it was a very beautiful place. It was perfect in all its ways. 
because God is a God of perfection. He creates in perfection. So it was beautiful and perfect in all of its ways. <laughs> oh, my. But the peace all disappeared when Adam and Eve sinned. Mm. But ever since that time, I told you that that's when sin came and trouble began to come into the world. And from that time, we have seen a lot of things. You know, uh, <clears throat> we have experienced civil wars. We have experienced world wars. We have experienced famine, plagues, floods, fly, uh, fires, the Holocaust, uh, and ethnic cleansing. But, and as we get more into the years in the world, the worse it has become. Why is that? Because we're getting closer to the end. And thank God we won't have to experience all that those that have not received Jesus will because we're going to be caught up, glory to God. And during that time, if we stay in peace and maintain our peace and don't get in fear, we shall be protected from the chaos out here. First of all, the blood of Jesus protects us. And second of all, his peace maintaining his peace in our lives, keeps our focus on him and what he is saying and what he has said and what he has done for us to keep us in victory in this earth. And as a result, we remain in victory. We walk forth in victory and we are victorious. But again, we have our part. It's not just going to happen because God said We have our part. We have to, first of all, know what God said. Second of all, we have to take hold of and receive what God said. And then third, we have to speak forth that which we have received in the truth of the word that God has said by faith, speaking forth our faith, maintaining our peace, and staying in it, staying focused in it, clearly focused in all that God has said. And it's because of Jesus that we can. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you know, it doesn't matter how many laws and regulations that government puts in place here in this earth or in this world that try to bring peace it will not bring peace because of sin. <laughs> and understand, you can never find peace through man's efforts because that's not where it comes from. <laughs> there may be an appearance of peace, but it's not true peace. And, you know, you saw this uh, in Jerusalem, because I think we all are aware that Jerusalem uh, historically has always been a contentious city. Contentious city. <laughs> and in the day that I'm talking about, it was ruled by Rome. But, you know, even in all that time when it was ruled by Rome, Jesus still spoke of his peace. 
Why is that? Because it's a peace that no government or culture can guarantee. No government or culture can guarantee. <laughs> His peace stands. Let me say this. I want to read this because uh, I like it. <laughs> His peace, his promise of peace, stood in stark contrast to the Roman peace, which was begun by Caesar Augustus, because he ruled the Roman Empire from 30 B.C. until he died 14 years after the birth of Jesus. So what he didn't realize when he began to establish, quote, his peace on the earth, was that in establishing that peace, it still enabled uh, Paul and all the disciples to present Jesus. <laughs> Jesus could still talk about his peace, <laughs> and, and the disciples could preach the gospel. And that was not his, uh, that was not, um, good Lord, <laughs> that was not Caesar's, Reason for doing that, his reason for doing it and trying to set these walls in place is because the people were crying out for peace and he was trying to make peace. And it seemed that there was peace. Why is that? Because the wars settled down and things seemed to be calmer and so it seemed to be peaceful. But, you know, uh, there were... Many, there were several nations involved, and some of those that came to uh, be under the Roman rule found out that it was not true peace because they experienced crucifixions. They experienced uh, excessive taxation. They experienced beatings and imprisonment and slavery. That's not true peace. <laughs> It may, it may on the outside have an appearance of peace, but it doesn't mean that there is peace because it was man-made. <laughs> it was a man-made appearance of peace which does not bring peace to a world that is in fear and in turmoil. And as they, you find out in the scriptures, the people realized it was not true peace. It had that appearance, but it was not. And unfortunately, even though he was wealthy and, and you know, no, had, had unparalleled power, he still did not have peace. Why did he not have peace? Because there was no presence of God in his life. There was no presence of God in his life for him to have peace. So we have to have the presence of God in our life to understand and have peace. <laughs> so to bring back peace to mankind, what did God do? He gave Jesus the best that he had, his only son. And uh, <clears throat> we can read this in Isaiah 9, 6. And it says this, for unto us a child is born. And I'm reading in the Amplified. Unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called 
wonderful counselor, hallelujah, mighty God, everlasting father of eternity, prince of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace in our life, hallelujah, and I'm so grateful for that. And I read you John 14, 27 from uh, the New King James Version at the beginning, but I want to read it to you from the Amplified and uh, point out some things. It says, 1427, Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be tr troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not present, uh, permit yourselves to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. So, there again we see Jesus' part. He said, he said, my peace, my own peace, I now give and bequeath to you. And that word bequeath we are familiar with in, in um, wills of people that have gone on, uh, um, passed from this life. And there's a will that they leave, and the executor of that will brings the people together that he mentions in that will. And it says, in that legal term, it says, I bequeath to so-and-so this, and this is for you to keep forever. So Jesus said, I bequeath my peace to you. So he is saying, I am giving my peace to you. And it's a gift to you for you to have forever. But you have to do something. What do you have to do? You have to, what does it say? Not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not present yourselves, permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated, cowardly and unsettled. So that's your part. That's what you have to do. And that's what I'm talking about in maintaining peace. These are the things that you have to do. He says, you have to do these. He said, I've bequeathed to you my peace. I give it to you. It's yours forever. Yours forever. But you have to do something. You have to maintain that in your life uh, because if you don't, <laughs> my, 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 such havoc in your life. And that's the reason so many, even Christians that we see and know, have so much chaos and havoc in their life is because they're not in peace. They're not maintaining peace. They're not staying focused on what they should stay focused on. And he said, to, he said I don't leave. Um, well, let me read this from the message. It says in John 4, 27. It says, I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. So peace is going to keep you well and whole. He said, that's my parting gift to you. Let me find it again where I was reading. <laughs> he said, that's my parting gift to you, peace. 
I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereaved, so don't be upset and don't be distraught. So what, what do we have to do? We have to do what the Word says if we're going to operate in the fullness of all that God has given to us. And through Jesus, who he made the Prince of Peace, we have peace because Jesus left it to us. He said, this is my gift to you forever for you to keep forever. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, my peace doesn't leave me. But if I get an unpeace, then I'm not aware of it. And I start listening to all that the enemy is saying. <laughs> and my, my. Mercy, mercy is right. I like this scripture, and I put it in here just because. Psalm 4, 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. <laughs> and you know, uh, as a person that lives alone, now I've never, I've never been in fear, been afraid to be by myself or live alone or anything like that. But at the same time, a person that is, uh, lives alone, you have to maintain this in your life. And this is a good scripture for you to speak forth for your life. Uh, and there have been times that there's been a little bit of unrest because of maybe something that's going around in your neighborhood or going on around your neighborhood or something. But what do you do? I go, always go to this scripture. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Hallelujah. Not only that, I put the blood of Jesus around my property, my house, everything that pertains to me, including me. That no evil can penetrate or separate anything from me. That's what the Word says. That's my paraphrase of it, but that's what the Word says. The blood of Jesus, folks, is strong, is powerful. So there's no reason to be in fear about every, anything. If you have surrounded yourself with the blood of Jesus, you believe the blood of Jesus protects you, then that's your protection, and there's no evil that can penetrate or separate anything from you. Will not come to you or your household. But you have to stay consistent in that, consistently I mean, you don't have to say it five times a day or anything. I mean, that kind of stuff is silly. But you do have to speak forth that which you believe and that which you have experienced and you know it's truth and that of the word that you have not experienced but you know it's truth. You keep declaring it and you will experience it in your life. And this was many, many years ago, but I can remember... Um, It's always just been a habit, and I may say it out loud, and I may not, but I still say it. And, you know, how many of you know there are good habits and bad habits? This is a good habit. Why is it a habit? Because I've been consistent with it. But when I get in the car, I always say, thank you, I'm covered in the blood, protected. No evil can penetrate or separate anything from me. I always, I just do that. I may say it, like I say, I may not say it out loud, but I say it. 
And one day I was going to the office, and you know how you have your little rabbit paths that you go <laughs> that are maybe faster or you don't have as many lights or whatever. So I was going the way I usually went to the office. And I was in this left lane to turn left, and the Spirit of the Lord said, don't turn here. And I said, you know how you do. I said, well, Lord, I always go this way. He said, don't turn here. I said, okay. I mean, it was kind of strong the second time. I thought, I guess I better listen. <laughs> so I looked, and there wasn't any traffic coming. So I got out of that lane and went straight, went a different way. It took me a little longer to go that way, but that was okay, you know. So when I got to the office, uh, a couple of the girls said, oh, we're so glad you're here. We didn't know what to think. And I, and I said, why? What's going on? I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. They said, well, we just know how you come to work. And she, she said, one of them said, and there's been a big accident and there was two fatalities. And we didn't know if you were in that accident or not. Well, it would have been right at the time I would have been at that perfect spot. Well, what was God doing? He was protecting me because I spoke forth what I believed according to the blood from any mishap. That no evil can penetrate me or separate anything from me. Hallelujah. But you have to maintain those things in your life. You have to be consistent in what you believe. You can't just float through life and say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Well, we should be thankful at all times. But we have to do more than that because we are a live being unto God. And he has asked us in faith to express that which he has said to us, given to us, blessed us with, out of our mouths in faith, knowing that it shall be staying in peace because the peace is what's going to keep you focused, keep you speaking forth the right thing and not getting in unpeace and unrest. Because there's people all the time, all the time in frustration. But I, I like this definition of peace. This is a good one. Tranquility of heart and tranquility of mind. Tranquility or peace also means a quietness and a rest. So if you're going to stay in peace, then you're going to be in a, a quietness and there's going to, it's going to be tranquil. And you don't have all this jammering and carrying on. All the time. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we have challenges. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, in our normal everyday life, we can maintain peace and know that I can have tranquility of heart and mind. If I stay in peace and I'm aware of the peace of God and some negative thought comes through my mind, I'm not going to receive it. I'm saying, oh, I recognize you, you negative thought. You're from the devil. The devil is a liar and father of lies. There's no truth in him, and I receive nothing from him. One of these days, our mind is going to comprehend that. And the minute that negative thought comes, we're going to say, uh-uh, cut your number. Uh-uh, 
You're a liar, the father of lies, and there is no truth in you. Now, you have to uh, recognize, you have to know the Spirit of God to recognize those thoughts and recognize it's the enemy coming against you. Amen? Amen? I like this. Peace, it is perfect well-being. Peace, perfect well-being. Mm. Hallelujah. So we can always be in perfect well-being with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, because we are in peace. Because peace, I mean, you just speak the word peace, and you're aware of quietness. You're aware of rest. So that's why you need to, when you feel yourself getting anxious, <laughs> what was the word it used here? Agitated. You just stop and say, peace, peace, peace. You're aware of peace, right? Peace, wonderful peace. And, and when I think about this, I always think of the scriptures. Uh, you know, when Jesus and his disciples got in the boat to go to the other side, got, Jesus got a pillow and laid down, went to sleep, and a storm came. And they woke him up, and they said, don't you care that we perish? And he got up, he stood up, and he said, peace, be still. And uh, I think most of you probably know who Brother Rick Greener is. He is a uh, Hebrew and Greek scholar. And he said, actually, what Jesus did, he stood up and he said, And there was peace. <laughs> That's powerful. You think about that. That's powerful. So the next time you're getting agitated, just go. Shh. Why? It brings you back in focus to peace. I will operate in peace. I won't operate in peace. I will operate in peace. <laughs> Are we perfect in it? No, but we're working toward it every day. Hallelujah. I'm better today than I was yesterday. Hallelujah. And I'll be better tomorrow than I was today. Why? Because I'm always working on being consistent with following God, with doing what I know to do, and keeping myself in a place where God intended me to be, and that's that perfect peace with him, with myself, and with the world. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's interesting to me that we can be that way, you know, but I've heard a lot of people say, but you just don't know what I'm experiencing. You just don't know what I'm going through. You, you just, you just, I just have problems on every side. Well, we've all been there. I've been there. But we have to remember that peace isn't the absence of messes and problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus in the midst of the mess and problems. 
Hallelujah. And then you govern your heart and your mind in the midst of all this by keeping yourself in peace and speaking forth what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You hear what the Holy Spirit's saying because he is what? The spirit of truth. So he's going to speak truth to you. So you hear what he's speaking. You speak that forth. You maintain your peace. Things change in your life. Problems cease. Now understand this. <laughs> because we live in a world full of sin and Satan is the God of this world, he doesn't stop. He doesn't quit. He's going to continually, when he, what did he say to Jesus when, they were, uh, when he um, was tempting him? He left him until a more opportune time. <laughs> so as you speak forth and you stay in peace, the enemy's going to flee. He's going to leave you for another opportune time. And what's that opportune time? For you to get in there in peace. To hear what he's saying and get anxious and, and get agitated. And in those instances, you don't speak forth truth. You speak forth fear most of the time. <laughs> so why, that's why it's so important that we maintain in our life this peace. You know, now I know more about me than I do anybody else, so I use myself as an example. And that's not to exalt me. It's just to see that it can work. For you to see it can work, for you can relate, you know, because uh, once I began to, to get a hold of this and recognize this about peace, and I was always determined to have the presence of Lord and be aware of the presence of the Lord in my life, and so I made the decision that I was not going anywhere without the presence of the Lord and the peace of the Lord. And as a result, that happens in my life. And I have people say to me all the time, I, you know, I just like to be around you because you're always the same. There's always peace around you and love. And there's just a presence, you know. Well, that presence is the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, the Father God, Holy Spirit. Well, you know, I take that as a compliment because, uh, and not, well, look what I've done. I take that as a compliment that I am establishing within my life that which I have spoken. That everywhere I go, I go with the presence of God and the peace of God. And if I'm going with the presence of God and the peace of God, then the love of God's going to shine forth. Amen? Amen? Not agitation and distress and fear and, oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, you know, you maintain peace. Another instance is several years ago when, when uh, the doctor diagnosed that I had cancer on my tongue. I was not in fear. Fear didn't even come near me because I was at peace. And I just looked at the doctor and I said, well... We'll just do what we have to do. Because I knew what I was going to do, you know. And then whatever 
was feasible after I prayed about it that I felt good about, the doctor said, then, you know, that was it. And I never once got in fear. And I told him, I said, because he said, well, the only way you can't do all the treatments and all that, the only way you can get rid of it is to cut it out. And I said, I understand that. I said, but I'm getting ready to go on vacation. And I only go on vacation once a year, and I'm going on vacation. <laughs> he just kind of laughed and looked at me. He said, okay, but don't wait too long. I said, well, let's just set up the time for when I get back, and that way it's set. So we set up the time. And I went on vacation. Not one time. Now, I'm not saying that negative thoughts didn't try to come to my mind, but not one time did I allow myself to go there. I stayed in peace. I continually thanked God that he gave us Jesus who did the final work for us on the cross. And he died and he rose again so that we could walk free in this earth and whole. And the Lord gave me the scripture again, Isaiah 53, 5. And he said, I want you to say it just like you always say it. He said, that's important because that maintains what you believe and what you have spoken. So, and I would just say, I thank you, Lord, because the finished work is done in me. There is no cancer in my body. And I back it up with truth of Isaiah 53, 5. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. If I was, then I am. Hallelujah. That's it. Done deal. That is it. So we came back home, and I went in. It was an outpatient surgery. It wasn't any long, lengthy thing. It wasn't very pleasant, but <laughs> anyway... I said, Mercy, you didn't know what all your tongues died to. <laughs> but anyway, and he said to me when I left that day, he said, now, my assistant will probably get the results back because uh, they test it, you know. And he said, um, in maybe a week, maybe two, I said, okay, and she'll call you and give you the results. I said, okay. But I, I said, understand this, doctor, there is no cancer in my body. And he looked at me and he said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> he didn't know what else to say. He was a younger gentleman than me. <laughs> and he just looked at me and said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and uh, he said something else. And I said, but you understand there is no cancer in my body. And he said, yes, ma'am, you said that. <laughs> so I went home and did what I was supposed to do and and all that kind of stuff. You know, have to gargle stuff to help that heal and all that stuff. Anyway, and he gave me pain medication, but it was uncomfortable, but there was only once that there was a lot of pain. So I took one pain pill that whole time. The rest of the time, I just, if I was a little uncomfortable, uh, I just took some Tylenol because I didn't want to take pain medication. And first of all, I didn't have that kind of pain to really be taking it, so why take it? You don't need it. 
just putting stuff in your body you don't need. It's not good for you, <laughs> secondly. <laughs> but anyway, so it had been, I don't know, maybe about two weeks. And my phone rang, and I looked, and it said, Dr. Gott. Well, that was my doctor, uh, my ENT doctor. So I answered, and it was Dr. God. It wasn't his assistant. And he said, Miss Harrison? I said, yes, and I could... I could hear in his tone the smile on his face. You know, you can hear that? And he said, well, I just wanted to call you myself and give you the report. I said, okay. He said, there is no cancer in your, in your body. <laughs> and he kind of chuckled. He said, you told me. And he said, I said, yes, ma'am. But he said, now I believe you. I said, well, I know it. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. And I thank you for calling and, and um, giving me the report. And so he said, yes, ma'am, call my office and set up appointment. Well, because it was diagnosed cancer, you know, you have to do those appointments. First, it's every week, and then two weeks, and three weeks, and then four weeks, and on and on. So finally, about the third week, he said, well, you know, your, your your tests are always just perfect. He said, I don't see a need in you coming every three weeks. You just come six weeks. He said, I know you're I know you're fine. I said, yes, sir, I am, and I will be fine. I said, you know, God gave me a miracle. I received that miracle. He doesn't take it back, and I don't let go of it. Amen. And that's the way it is. He said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and he's he's kind of shy, and he'd just say his face. He'd just turn real wet red, and he'd say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> every time because he didn't know what else to say. But I'm not going to back down on what I believe and what I have received. And we have to be that way. We have to be just as strong in what we believe as we are anything else. Because the truth of the Word of God is what's going to keep us walking forth in peace and in freedom. Amen. Amen. And we have to receive that and we have to know that and know that, uh, as I just said, peace is the presence of Jesus in the midst of the mess and the storm and the problems. <laughs> so we have to maintain what we know. Amen. We can't let it go. To have all that, we, that God has given to us. And if he said that we are free and whole, then we are free and whole. But we have to do what it takes to stay there after we have received. And we listen to the Holy Spirit. And you know the Holy Spirit will, will he'll give you things to do to help get rid of things in your life. He'll give you, um, you know, I was struggling in a certain area. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, he said, you need to read these scriptures. I mean, he said it just as plain to me. He said, you need to read these scriptures. And he pointed out these scriptures. I wrote them down. And he said, it'd be good if you read this book. And he gave me the title of the book and the author. Thank you, Jesus. So I did that. And you know, 
I came to understanding of what was happening. And then I knew what to do to take my authority that God has given me and change it, do something about it. You know, sometimes I think we're just so, I don't know the word, we're just so um, wrapped up in ourselves that we don't hear clearly. But, you know, if you're, you know, a lot of times, well, we don't go into bookstores so much anymore. We usually go online and look at stuff. But I like a book in my hand. I like to read that book. I like to mark on it. I like to write notes in it, you know, different things. But if you're in a bookstore and you're, you, you just feel prompted to look at a book and you're looking at it and think, ooh, that looks good, that, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. He may have prompted you to pick up that book because you do need to read it and it's going to be a help to you. It's going to give you some understanding where you can take hold of it and release something in your life that, you've been, that you don't need, that you don't want. But we, we, just, we have to get to the place we have understanding that we have a part in what God has said to us and what he has given to us. We have to get to that place. We have to have understanding of that and know that, he, that God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, what more do I need? What more do I need? Amen. And Jesus said, I gave you my peace. <laughs> I gave you my peace. And it's yours to keep forever. Forever. Forever means forever. Hallelujah. So we can maintain it. We can go through this life full of peace and not full of fear. And you know, when we we exercise and maintain our peace and walk in it, we're aware more when fear tries to come. We recognize it more quickly because you know the enemy is subtle. And he brings things sometimes in ways that we're not expecting. But when we maintain within our lives the peace that Jesus has given to us to keep forever, we're more keen to recognize those subtleness subtleness of the enemy and and uh, nip it in the bud. You nip it in the bud by maintaining your peace and speaking truth. Say, nope, don't receive that. God has not given me a spirit of fear, and I'm not receiving anything that he has not given me. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this, but it just makes me happy. (laughs) The peace of God. To know, you know, I've been accused sometimes of being, um, um, what's the word? Uh, Not recognizing the issue or, or trying to ignore it or whatever because I'm in peace. No, I understand the situation. I know the truth of the word by the Holy Spirit he gives to me to speak forth. I maintain my peace. I don't get agitated. I don't get in fear. 
I don't say, oh God, what are we going to do? No. I keep my mouth shut and speak and, and, and maintain my peace. And then I hear the Holy Spirit and I speak forth that which she says to me. And that's the way it is. So I'm in peace. I'm not sticking my head in the sand. I just know that God is working on my behalf. Because I'm in faith. I trust God with my whole heart, my whole being. He is truth. He is my father God. I thank God that he's my father. (laughs) I thank him every day that he's my father. And I thank Jesus for being willing to be a sacrifice for me so that I can have through him all that the Father has provided. Not only that, as, Ms., as Pastor Michelle said earlier, he placed us beside him, with him. Hallelujah. And there's where we take our authority from the place where he has seated us. That's our seat of love authority. Amen. You don't have to have some chair somewhere. <laughs> if you want to, that's fine. I travel too much to be able to go to my chair of authority <laughs> when, when I need to speak forth authority. <laughs> but what you do is you stand fast with the word of God and say, no. God has given me authority through Jesus Christ and you cannot come. Or you cannot be, whatever the situation is, and I don't receive it. And then you ask the Holy Spirit, and he will give you scripture that you can speak forth with his truth about the situation, and you speak it, and it comes to pass. Hallelujah. And it's not a matter of how long it takes. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm telling you, some things happen instantly. Some things and circumstances, things begin to change immediately. You know, it's not, it's not about how long. It's about did you do what you know to do and are you trusting God, maintaining your peace, and knowing that he is working on your behalf. You know, Brother uh, Ingalls wrote the song, The Word is Working Mightily in Me. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word is working mightily in me. Hallelujah. And it is. It is. But you have to continually be consistent of allowing it to be so in your life. Hallelujah. (laughs) Growing up and following him in his goodness, in his greatness, in his faithfulness. He is faithful. He is faithful. You know, at my age, sometimes there are, are things that, that aren't pleasant, but you don't, uh, you don't receive them in the light of how most people, you know, they would say, well, after all, I'm over 80, so I guess I should expect this. No. Who says? Amen. No. <laughs> I don't expect it. You know, I told one of my children, I don't know which one now, I go every year and um, 
have my annual uh, physical, and uh, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, always have good reports. My blood work's always good. My blood pressure's good. My, you know, everything's good. My heart sounds good. My lung sounds good. I'm good. But it's like sometimes, well, you're over 80. There ought to be something wrong with you. Seems like they're, <laughs> they, try, they try to find something wrong with you. Especially my cardiologist. <laughs> I just get real frustrated. Well, he's retired now, and I have a new one, and I haven't seen him yet, so we'll see. But I'm speaking for truth, I'm telling you. But it was like he was just trying to find something wrong with me. And I said, Doctor, there's not anything wrong with me. Well, there seems to be this little thing here or this little thing here. I said, well, it's a little thing, and it's not going to get any bigger, so <laughs> just leave it, you know. But it's like they want to find something wrong so they can give you some kind of medication. Well, no, thank you. <laughs> you know.